to all my guys, gals, and non-binary pals of Audio Podcast Land, and welcome to the premiere episode of Duskvale, a Monster of the Week actual play podcast. Ooh, I'm so excited. I cannot wait to finally bring this out into the podcast land. This has been a labor of love that I've been working on for the last couple of months, and I'm so excited that it's finally here. I am going to be your lore keeper for this amazing journey. Mikey, you can follow me all over the internets at Pop Culture Geek. You can also follow all of us collectively at Vibe Tribe Productions, where you're going to want to give us a follow to stay up to date on all the upcoming projects we got, when episodes drop, and just for overall shenanigans and good times, because we have so much shenanigans in store, intentional and non-intentional that are going to be happening, so I'm super, super excited. I'm so excited to not be alone in this endeavor as well. I am joined by my amazing cast of players, so we're going to go around. They're going to introduce themselves to y'all, give them a little bit about who they are, anything else where you can find them at, and then we'll get into character creation prop. Eeny, meeny, money, moan, just because I feel like it. John, you shall be the first to go. The only John, right? So there's, it's not weird. I'm not jumping over any other Johns. Yes, you're the only Wait, one, which is just making crazy. sure because there's eight other games that have 15 other <laughs> John, Tom, Don, and Mike on them. My name's John. I'm on a handful of podcasts here at the Vibe Tribe. I don't know what character I'm playing. We're going to create that tonight. I am a teacher, an actor, and voice. I do a lot of things. I used to be on TikTok quite a bit, and then I got mad at TikTok, and I haven't been back. But I check in every now and then. There's a lot of weird stuff over there, and I'm really excited to be here. I've heard a lot about project and i've been reading up on a little bit so i'm really excited to dive into this one i can be heard on i don't know how many projects we got going here mikey but i'm on a handful of things here at vibe tribe you've probably heard me saying dirty things and being inappropriate so i'm excited to be here if you want to so if you want to hear john say dirty things apparently is what she says you can either find him on call of the deep you can find him on Friday Night Fights. And That's you can the one. Also- Friday Night Fights is the one. If you want to hear me say things about, I don't want to get us demonetized, but there's a lot of things in Friday Night Fights that I say that are great and fun. You can also find him. <laughs> yes, you can also find John on the official launch, because now it's out into the public, of the Biconics Wrestling Podcast. So- Listen, listening back to the first half of that episode we recorded was a hoot. I've been dying of laughter. And then Hunt for Glory, right? Hunt for Glory, which is coming out on here soon. Yeah, so John has been is booked, blessed and busy now. And I appreciate him being a part of all this. He is the bane of my existence. And at the time of his recording, we're going to be spending the next five days in a variety of projects together. You know him. You love him. I tolerate him. Not just kidding. It's the one and only Dakota. Hey, I am Dakota Orishir. Super excited to play in this campaign. You can also find me playing in Tavern Tales, Call of the Deep, The Academy, Crystal City, and this. And also on Mondays over on Gods of Orlea Phase 2 on ADH Adventures. Haven't played this before. Super excited to get into it. I'm stoked. We have an awesome cast here. I'm very Oh my goodness. And also to add a new title to Dakota, he is also going to be an editor this season, so... I'm going to make sure that I have a bag of chips on hand for when we record (laughs) and just crank it into my microphone. (laughs) Yeah, thank you. Thank you for that. I appreciate it. You're very welcome. All righty. Next person up. You heard him and seen him. If you've been listening to some other projects, 
this is going to be very interesting because him and John are going to create chaos. And I'm so excited to have them be a part of this. It's going to be a great time. But the one and only Connor. <laughs> I'm Connor. I am very excited to be a part of this project. Uh, it's one of my favorite tabletop role-playing games. Also on the Vibe Drive, I'm new to Season 2, but you can see, you can hear me and see me on A Walk Among Gods, as well as Neon Memories. In this one, I have five, I have six different playbooks picked out for characters that I can play. I'm a little overprepared because I love this system so much. I've known John for a long time. Like, we're not going to count years because that would be too much. But we first bonded over uh, realizing we hate the same people. That's right. Yeah. That's exactly yeah. right. Yeah. I know. We were, anyway, we I'm were... very excited to be a part of Vibe Drive. Go ahead, John. Go ahead, please. No, please. Just saying, we, were remi- we saw each other on the Discord and we started texting each other, reminding each other of the people we hated. That's what yeah, we've been true. doing. Yeah, that's just what happens. So I'm very excited to be here and part of this. I'm very excited for this game. And I am the uh, I am the straight man in this chaotic duo. And it's going to be fine. What could possibly go wrong? Yeah, I said it. I see your face, John. Oh, oh no. Oh, no. Oh, this is going to be great. And then, of course, our new person that is brand new to this, just like Connor for season two. I'm going to let them introduce themselves to y'all, the one and only Panda. I give myself a jump scare, so I'll introduce myself. I'm Panda, or Valkyrie, or either one, really. First production with Vibe Tribe. Should be fun. It's already chaos already, just sitting in here with our session zero. What chaos can possibly be caused in the game as we drive Mikey possibly up the wall and down the other side with the chaos? Yeah, it's going to be great. We're going to just make him question his life decisions even more. And you probably are really tired. Only place you can really probably find me at this point is on TikTok at ValkyriePanda97. I'm pretty sure that's still my uh, TikTok handle. I'm Kilt's adopted kid at this point. I'm super excited to actually find a new RPG to uh, try out since I've only been really playing 5e since it dropped. It's going to be fun. It's going to be great. It's just going to be pure. Just going to be a shit show. Yeah. I think we're past the two minute mark, so we should be okay. <laughs> I mean, you can even edit out the shit show of chaos, but I am not. Fuck. No. <laughs> Go ahead, keep going. I now know my game to play. That's the only introduction I got. That's it. Awesome. Unfortunately, we are down a player tonight. Our sixth and final cast member could not be here because he decided to be a dad. How? No, I'm just kidding. But our sixth player is Jace. You can find him over at the TikToks at JC Vanguard where he sometimes posts content or he's doing lives of building Gundams. You can also follow him here and you can listen to him in Call of the Deep, where he plays Tidak, our crystal dragonborn sorcerer fighter who just makes all the wrong decisions, but it is a great time to have it. If you, yeah, just listen to the last episode and you'll find out why you never pet the Rakshasa because then there are consequences. <laughs> but I'm excited to have him as well as these five other players. But with the introductions out of the way, let's get into a little bit of background of what type of game we're playing and jump straight into character creation. So as I mentioned at the top of the introduction, Duskvale is going to be an actual play podcast 
of Monster of the Week. So Monster of the Week is a game that is based in the Powered by the Apocalypse system, which requires you only to have two D6 to play. And Monster of the Week is published by Evil Hat Productions, as well as their subsequent expansion book titled The Tome of Mysteries. So if you are curious or interested in running your own Monster of the Week game, go ahead and show some love to Evil Hat Productions and pick up a copy for yourself. Trust me, it is a good time. Some of us in the cast have already had previous experience playing Monster of the Week. And while others are going to be brand new to this, but it is a great time. And Powered by the Apocalypse is a great system because it's less number crunchy and more collaborative storytelling. So... Let's get into character creation. So as my players pull up the PDF, or if they already got it, just a little bit of a background with Monster of the Week. So unlike a majority of other TTRPGs where there are classes and other things of that matter, with Monster of the Week and any TRPG using the Power by the Apocalypse system or in that same vein, our classes are replaced with either tropes, archetypes, or in the case of Monster of the Week, playbooks. So the playbooks are essentially archetypes that our players get to choose from in this crazy world of monster hunting, monster exploration, weird science. Basically, it's all of it's like what happens if you take Buffy the Vampire Slayer, you mix it with a little bit of the absurdity of Gravity Falls, a little bit of the supernatural of well, supernatural, while also throwing into the eerie and mysteriousness of, say, Twin Peaks and Alan Wake and all that kind of stuff. What I love about weird science. Can we use weird science and make people out of computers and do a whole 80s montage out of it? I'm already doing that in Neon Memories. Shameless plug. Go listen to it. You're doing the weird science plot in Neon Memories? Okay, side tangent real quick. So Neon Memories is just the lighthearted RPG, which is basically set in a magical alternative 80s and community college is what happens when you throw in weird science the breakfast club and saved by the bell but you set it in community college <laughs> and it's take a magical with the naked human robot it's possible oh i gotta <laughs> listen to this this is great oh it's gonna be a hoot and you can find connor and you can find Sutfin in that game as well it's, it's a hoot but more than a handful you're gonna hurt your thumbs yeah it's crazy but that's where we're going to start with character creation is that we're going to have our players decide what playbooks they want to play. So as I mentioned, playbooks are archetypes that you can find across all of media when it comes to monster hunting and shows in that same vein that I previously mentioned. So really quickly, we are using the official Monster of the Week book, so the main book, as well as the playbooks that are listed in the Toma Mysteries expansion. So really quickly, as my players look through these for the listening audience, these are the playbooks and I can go into more detail when players pick theirs. But there are so many playbooks that our, our players can pick from. It's always a good thing. And the cool thing with Monster of the Week, it's not mandatory, but it's highly recommended that players pick a different playbook. So no one has the same one. But it's not the end of the world if somebody does. But because of how much choice there is, that probability is very low that two players will pick the same playbook, which is one of the reasons why I love the game design behind this, because it's you're spoiled for. So 
when it comes to the playbooks, our players can pick one of the following. So they can either pick the chosen, the crooked, the divine, the expert, the flake, the initiate, the monstrous, which is one of my personal favorites, the mundane, which is also another fun one, just as creative RP wise, the professional, the spell slinger, the spooky, the wronged. And from the Tome of Mysteries expansion, you have the added playbooks of the gumshoe, the hex, the pararomantic, which is a very interesting mechanic with that, and the searcher. And then, of course, the books also offer some alternative extra hunters that you can find either at Evil Hat Productions website or you can buy these extra playbooks as well, which I will only go into if our players go from that. But that is where we are going to begin. Like I said, spoiled for choice. And this is going to be very interesting. As we go through all this, I have determined before session started who will be going first for this. And the dice gods, because I rolled the dice to figure it out, they have decided to pick Panda to go first this time for this step. And I think this will be easy for you, Panda, because we talked off camera. You already have your mind set on what you want to do. But why don't you go ahead and tell us what playbook you are looking to play for this campaign? The Action Scientist. That is awesome. So just a little bit of background. The Action Scientist, in a nutshell, is pretty much a scientist ready for action and dealing with monsters. And the Action Scientist, basically, it draws from a lot of inspirations. As Panda mentioned off camera, some inspirations include Dr. Stein from the Soul Eater series is one thing, but also, and it because I looked it up too, it also is a little bit of a mixture of Miss Ripley from the Alien movies as well as an action scientist, just in the more alien veins. And that's another no, reason. No yeah, mix of different things because... I also feel like there's a bit of artificer thrown in there because the action scientist is going to be like, this seems like a, a dumb idea. Let's see how well this works and if I can implement this. Oh, we got a flamethrower that we can implement to shoot this thing. Who wants to test this out for me? Because I'm not testing it. Here you go. Have fun. Give it to them. Give it to the people in the field to test and just be sitting there with the notebook. Okay. Interesting. Okay, cool. So your hair is on fire, so don't give you fire. Got it. Just be that person. Be like, okay, so I'm going to give you guys different things to test so I know who can get fire and who can't and who can get acid and who can't play with acid. We're going we're gonna to narrow that down real quick. Yeah. Looking into the action <laughs> scientists, there's a lot of fun mechanics, which we'll get into in a little bit as we continue with character creation. But actually, I should be taking notes because I should. How dare what? you not take notes? What are you doing? What are these notes everyone speaks of? I just come up with these things off the top of my head, which is actually... Aren't you a teacher? Don't you tell them to take notes? Yeah, because they have to, because I'm writing it on front of the screen, so, you know. Shoot. Be like, don't test me. <laughs> so you're a do-as-I-say-not-as-I-do kind of teacher. Got it. Eh, you tomato, you tomato. teach math, don't you? I wouldn't fuck with you. You teach math. Oh, no, we got demonetized. That's my fault. I said that out loud. No, Sorry. We're, we're, after <laughs> we're past that, so we're fine. Oh, I didn't mean to say the math word. I know. It's fine. I'm math, used to it. The thing is, see, my issue is numbers don't like me. Letters hate me. And both just bully me. So do colors. So, like, I can't win. That is true. All right. So, action scientist <laughs> for Panda. Wait, 
Did you just agree that math hates them? Is that what you just did? Listen, I'm a realist. I'm a math teacher. <laughs> I teach the subject, and I know that math is not everyone's favorite subject. Like, it's the least <laughs> mo- liked subject I, between the core four. If it was not for my high school teacher, Mr. Murphy, I would not have graduated high school because, like, I kid you not, every day I'm like, shit, six plus eight, fuck, I know this, fuck. We put the end of character, I'm like, oh yeah, that's right, fuck, I'm dumb. Right. <laughs> or how do I spell this really simple word? Fuck, no wonder I can't spell it. There's two consonants and six vowels. Sweet. Alrighty. Let's see. <laughs> D- Dakota. You have been chosen to go second. So tell me what you're thinking about what playbooks you're looking at. All right. I'm thinking Spellslinger. That's of the course. I'm most interested in. Why am I not surprised? I don't know, man. I don't have an affinity for magic. Don't worry about it. <laughs> to be fair, does any wizard ever have an affinity for magic or any warlock in jokes? I wonder what this spell does. Slings a spell. Okay, cool. Makes mental note of that. All righty. So Spellslinger for Dakota. So really quickly to go back to Dakota. So for the listening audience, the Spellslinger is a trained wizard wielding powerful magic in their crusade against evil or what is perceived evil anyways. And on top of that, their magic gives them an advantage when dealing with Eldritch secrets. So who knows? There might be some Eldritch horror coming your way, but is that a little bit? And then the wronged is very interesting. So they are revenge driven and really tough. They're all about killing a specific breed of monster and protecting others as you do it. Honestly, those are the best kind. <laughs> I think we just figured out that Sutphin's character is going to have all the snacks. <laughs> Every party needs somebody who got the snacks, so it's going to be a good time. <laughs> There's a reason why I like you. <laughs> oh my goodness, that is awesome. Alrighty, John, what about you? <laughs> as he stares into the oblivion of a PDF. <laughs> Yeah, it's an oblivion. I hope it chose this right. I'm looking at the chosen. Ooh, nice, and, nice. And I really like the exile, and I have an idea for it. Ooh, both of them are just really good choices. Go ahead. All right. So while you decide which one tickles your fancy a little bit more, the chosen, as is explained, is basically a once ordinary person discovered they have a special destiny and who has been given the power to accomplish it. They are good in a fight with some weird powers. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then, so that's the chosen. And then, brain fart. What was the second one you were looking at? I'm looking at the exile because I have a thought. Ooh. But... <laughs> Should like, we be hmm. concerned about this thought? Not yet. It hasn't directly affected you. <laughs> it's not yet. yet. Hold up. As if you, as if the bad, as if me being the mad scientist of the group is not going to affect the entire group as a whole, giving you guys toys to play with that may or may not blow up in your face. With That's- the exile, it's very interesting <laughs> because the exile is a monster hunter from the past who has been transported to the present day. <laughs> so, can I pick what time period? Would you I give mean, me that, it- or would you have to pick that? No, this is collaborative. If you listen, I'm very easy. If there's an idea you have, as long as we talk about it, I pretty much will probably say yes. Okay. Now, I will say that with the exile, I do probably need to buy the sheet, which is okay. I don't want you to have to pay for anything, though. Eh, I consider it a tax write off. We're good. <laughs> okay. I'm torn. Because the exile one I have an idea for, but I don't have to. I don't have to jump all over it. Do you want me to, you want me to roll for it, or do you want? Do you, what do you? What's happening? What makes you happy? What makes you happy, Mikey? 
Either one would make me happy, but let's let the fates decide. Um, let me roll it. All right, so let me roll a d6. Rolling for a game be... we don't have to roll in, huh? That's funny. All righty, so odds is going to be the chosen. Evens is going to be the exile. All righty. We got odds, so the chosen it is. <laughs> oh, perfect. Thank you. Solved. I was, curious, I was curious to see where you'd go with the exile, because like <laughs> you could just say he's from the 17th century, from like Marie Antoinette and oh, like the collapse yeah. of the French Revolution and just transport to the future, because just imagine that. Has PTSD when they look at cake. <laughs> That'd be really funny, actually. Every time they see a guillotine, they cry. No, why? Or every time they see a guillotine, they're just like, so who's going to die this time? I was my, my I was going to make him 1885 and go full Ooh. back to the future three. Doc Brown type stuff. But sadly, we'll never know. If you're, if the chosen dies, we can have a backup. <laughs> oh, are we going to die here? Oh, if we die. All right. If I'll I, expl- out of a, if yeah. I mean, if portal, you die, then you're just a test subject for this. Uh, the mad scientist. It works <laughs> out. It's fine. As long as you put my head in a jar like Disney and give me the royalties, I'm totally fine with that. <laughs> Oh. And both of you assume that I wouldn't do that with all the organs, too. Just like canopic jar style, that shit. Hey, everybody needs a hobby. You do you. Oh, my gosh. All right. That just leaves you, Connor, which is yours is interesting because you mentioned you had six different ideas. <laughs> I did. And the nice thing is the one, the number one that I wanted to play did not get picked. But I will say the Spell Slinger was my number three pick. Uh, so thank you for narrowing that one down for me. Dakota, I appreciate that. I will be doing the spooky. Yes! <laughs> I love the spooky so much. So we're going to go that route and see what happens. What could possibly go wrong? It makes me so All happy. All I can think of now is just someone just like shit going wrong and just your character doing some fucked up shit. It's one of the characters turning to you is just going back off, you spooky bitch. No, y'all don't know. That's Connor in real life. That's, <laughs> oh, yeah. that's the Connor. Yeah, I've managed to insert my post post high school goth persona into all three characters that I've been playing in one way or another. I've got a dead dude, I've got a geared mechanic, and a me. I need clarification. Post high school? So you mean you weren't goth in high school? Oh no, I was. I 100 percent was. Post gothic is much more angular and moody. Yes, it's with purpose now. Is the only difference. Okay, wait. I have to ask. Moody post. Post-high school moody goth or post-high school anarchist goth? Let's be, like, specific here. Oh, anarchy. 100%. Okay, cool. The one with better lyrics. Yes. The one with much better lyrics than that was not played on the radio. That one, yeah. Okay, but to be fair, the anarchists also have a slightly better fashion sense because, like, the depressed, the depressed, the post-high school depressed goth is just, it's black. I don't care. Whereas anarchist is, I need this to be able to hide like a slingshot and like 30 pellets and like a pack of gum, my phone, three chargers, a day's worth of rashes. It's, it's the cure, but you're pocket. lighting gumsters on fire. Like it, that's all that is. Yeah. Yeah. It's that. Excellent. I'm so happy that you're playing the spooky. So the spooky has psychic or magical powers. Their powers are strange and sinister and not completely under the spooky's control. So I guess the best modern example, if we're going to use it and people can throw in additional ones, but the one that immediately comes to mind recently is Eleven from Stranger Things is considered a spooky. They have strange powers. Not all of them are underneath her control, but it is a great time and you never want to piss off the spooky because things can go 
You want them on your side is the best way of putting it. So basically a living poltergeist. Literally. A little <laughs> living poltergeist. Can we strategically <laughs> piss off the spooky? Piss off the spooky hey, you right can. at the right time? Okay, okay. I just, Wait, I just, I just, I just had a yes. I just had a weird canon of just shit not happening for a week, and just like my character and your character, just my character, just intentionally poking and prodding and seeing how the spooky's gonna react, and just like making notes of be like, okay, we can use this in battle. We can use this in battle. How can we weaponize this? That can't be weaponized because that kills people that we don't want to die. So that can't be used. Just like a notebook on the spooky. Excellent. And then, of course, y'all will find out what JC picks late at a later time when we meet for our first session in two weeks, because it's going to get very interesting. All righty. So now that playbooks have been picked, we can go to the next step. So since all of you have picked your playbooks, you will now refer to the actual playbooks for the rest of the character creation, because it's different for every playbook. The steps are the same. But what's written there as far as verbiage goes is completely different. So now we're going to get into the physical descriptors. So on your playbook sheet, you will find at the very beginning of your playbook, after it gives you the little bit of description, all that good stuff, you're going to pick some physical descriptors. So you can pick one from each. So, for example, the chosen, you can either be a kid, a teen, Young, burnout, other descriptor as far as their age range. And then you can get some descriptor. Are they fresh faced? Are they haggard, young, all that stuff? And then what are they wearing? Are they preppy clothes, casual wear, urban, street wear? Like these are more flavor wise than they are mechanic wise. I'm just going to have you just pick those and I'm not going to have you read them out. But what I'm very interested in is to kind of what you were thinking along the lines of personality wise for the said characters. I'm going to go and this is horrible podcasting. Where did you see the thing that said kid or booting face or emo kid, whatever you just said (laughs) emo kid. So if you take a look at your playbook at the very top after the description, I'm looking at the physical books per se, but if I'm looking at the description, then it says, look, pick one from each of the listed and then you can just go from oh, there. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, yeah. I have that on my page. I just, I looked at all the other shit. I was like, you're jumping ahead. <laughs> so yeah, actually, you know what? I'll just have you for physical descriptors. We can actually do that for first session because it's going to be more interesting to do it that way. But while you guys are doing that, I will explain the next step, which is the playbook ratings. So in Monster of the Week, as you guys are doing your descriptors and taking a look at the ratings, in Monster of the Week, there are a total one, two, three. There are a total of five general stats that the players are going to use. And these five stats usually classify the different type of moves that our players can encounter. To go over it real quickly, there are five different traits that encompass all the different moves that a player can do. And those five traits are charm, cool, sharp, tough, and weird. So charm is the stat that's going to be used for more social interactions. So persuading, intimidation, just overall being a charming individual yourself, trying to get what you want when you don't want to fight. Sometimes you use words and that is what your charm is for. 
Your cool refers to how level-headed you can keep in a situation. So let's say you are in a fight or let's say you're being interrogated or whatever reason. Cool helps you keep an keel, even keeled, keep your mind and your wits about you, not freak out because cool also works for not freaking out when you encounter stuff. Your sharp refers to your book smarts, so how good you are with your smarts, but also how good you are with your street smarts, book smarts, and just overall, just keeping the senses sharp. How perceptive are you of your surroundings? All that good stuff. Tough is very interesting. It basically describes how well you do in a fight, your overall general health, and basically how well you can take a hit and not break like a wizard. Your toughness defines how not squishy you are. Because <laughs> taking damage in this game is completely different, and I'll get into that a little bit later during character creation. And then finally, weird is one of my favorite parts of this game. Weird is your ability to use magic in this game. So obviously, if you want to have a bonus to weird, your weird is used for anything supernatural and or magical. So that is going to be the stat you are going to roll, which is interesting because when you use magic, there are different options for that. And you better hope that you're successful. But then again, failure is always fun, too, because <laughs> the side effects for failing is probably is equal, if not better than the successes sometimes it is a great bit. Now, as I mentioned, these five stats encompass the basic moves, so you can use those for different basic moves. So really quickly, I'll just go over those. In Monster of the Week, your basic moves are as follows. Act under pressure, which is when you're trying to do something under the conditions of danger or stress. Help out is when you're helping out another hunter with a move they are making. You can investigate a mystery when... Obviously, you're investigating mystery, so you're Scooby-Doing it for all the clues and whatnot. This is probably my favorite name to move in this game, Kick Some Ass. <laughs> and that's literally what it's called. It's when you're fighting something that's fighting you back, you're going to roll to kick some ass. <laughs> uh, I love it so much. Then there's Manipulate Someone, when you're trying to get someone to do something for you and they don't want to do it. There's also protect someone when someone's about to suffer harm. You can somehow prevent it and you can try to protect them as well. You also have read a bad situation is going to be your bread and butter because read a bad situation is when you look around your surroundings to see what you can notice. And depending on your success, there are questions you can ask about your surroundings, which is very interesting. And then, of course, the big one, use magic. So obviously. Self-explanatory, when you want to use magic, you roll with your plus weird. If you succeed, good things happen. If you get in between, it works imperfectly. And then if you fail, be prepared because it's going to get buck wild. <laughs> so, I really have a question. Yes, question. Sorry, not to interrupt you. I know this is terrible. Can you explain the difference between cool and charm again? Fast. Okay. Yes. So, when it comes to cool, cool is referring to the sense of how well you're able to keep your mental fortitude in a situation. Okay. So let's see, say you're encountering monster. Cool helps you not freak the fuck out and you're, do the first instinct of just running away. But it's also being able to keep a mental fortitude. Let's say if you're in a fight, 
or when you discover something shocking or if you're being interrogated, cool helps you basically act cool under pressure. So I need to how, not associate charm with cool is going to be my like, yes. Oh, those are no longer the same thing. All right. Thank you. That was all. Yeah. So cool is basically keeping your composure. Yep. And charm exactly. is What's... how charming you are and how well you're able to use your so words your to get what you want. Your charisma, basically, yep. is the difference. Yep. So cool is keeping composure. Charmed is your charisma. How much you can use your fit. Dad, are you good back there? You <laughs> said it, not me. You said it, not me. I didn't say nothing. Nice. Alrighty. So really quickly, I want to go around and I would like to hear what this is going to be so interesting. I want to know what rating line did you guys pick? So what bonuses are you giving yourselves to your so roles? I have to wait because the sheet that I have isn't able to be filled in. So dad is setting up the printer in the background so I can print <laughs> the actual page to write it. But yeah, Heck that. for so, sure, so, bro, really is. OK, so then Panda will come to you last. Let's actually start with you, Connor. So what rating did you give your spooky? Okay. Oh, I went with plus one for charm, zero for cool, because he's going to be gothy. And, and then I did plus one for sharp, minus one for tough and plus two for weird, which is if you're following along at home, the first rating line in the playbook doop-a-doop thing i love that the doop-a-doop thing <laughs> excellent this is gonna be a lot of fun all righty dakota spellslinger what rating line are you gonna go with i'm actually right there with connor i'm doing the charm plus one cool zero sharp one tough minus one a weird plus two yeah the weird is going to be your bread and butter especially for the spellslinger so that's gonna be amazing all righty John, what about you? For the Chosen, what rating line are you going to go with? I'm going to go with Charm minus one, Cool plus two, Sharp plus one, Tough plus two, and Weird minus one. Very nice. Alrighty. I just got to say, I'm looking at my sheet and under basic moves, kick some ass or protect someone. Yes. Honestly, the basic moves are, listen, the basic moves are great. Alrighty, so Panda, if you take a look in the in-game chat, Connor has been nice enough to pull up the PDF with it's, it. Uh, Dad's working on getting it printed for me. Thanks, Dad. You're awesome. Yep. So while <laughs> we're looking at, so while you wait for it to get printed, you can tell us what rating line looks good for your action scientist. <laughs> Or in a little bit, I should say. Yeah, I need to find a pen. Honestly, that was me. I'm not going to lie, because you would think as a teacher, I have plethora of pens and pencils around. But that is the one supply that for some reason I never can find when I need it the most. <sighs> so we'll come back to Panda in a little bit. OK, so this is going to be probably one of my favorite parts, too. So now that we have gone through and picked our ratings, now we're going to go into oh man this is going to be a lot of fun so now we're going to go into what i like to dub as the the moves so to speak so after picking a rating line for most of you guys underneath that is going to be the moves so all players have access to the basic moves which i listed earlier so act and kick some ass all that good stuff but you are also going to pick a specific number of 
moves that are specific to your playbook. Each playbook gives you a certain number that you may pick to go with your characters. And these are going to give you bonuses, additional abilities that you are allowed to use when it comes to your playbook. For example, nobody picked this, but after picking up the rating lines, if somebody was playing, the professional automatically gets the deal with the agency move as part of being a professional. But then they also get to pick three additional ones that are listed and they each give different ability increases, different nuances, all that kind of stuff. So what was I supposed to choose again? I let you guys know. Your ratings. So for the action scientists, there are five different ratings that give bonuses to your five general stats. So obviously, if you have minus to them, when you roll your two six, your two D six, you would get that total. If you were to go with the first line, then you subtract one from a charm roll, and then your final total would be with what you get for that roll. So on. So there are five so, different lines you can pick. Which one are you looking to go with your action scientist? Uh, the last one. Charm zero, cool plus one, sharp two, tough one, weird minus one. Simply because if, yeah. simply because if I'm going to be the scientist, I need to be able to keep my cool in any situation because I'm the... And I need to be able to help people. Kind of makes sense. Yeah. Weird, we already know he's fucking psychotic. That is the opposite end of the spectrum from weird. Ah, uh, that is lovely. Alrighty. I mean, I'm not wrong. <laughs> of course. Alrighty, so I'm going to give you guys about a minute or two to look over your moves, and then I will be asking you which ones you have picked. Question. For Spellslinger, does this include me picking, like, combat magic options? Give me a sec. I'm seeing the shaking of the head. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I don't mean to step on things. I just Listen. love the Spellslinger so much. Do it. You've played it before. Okay. Additional help is always a good thing. Okay. Yeah. So with the spell slinger, it's like what Mikey said with the professional, where it's some playbooks get a move and then you get extra stuff. And so your combat magic is your like inherent ability, and then your moves are that next section where you get four. Technically one of, I cross off like one of the tools and techniques, and then I pick one of the three things. It looks like. Yeah, so if you're looking at the columns, you have your combat magic, which is separate, and then you have your tools and techniques, you cross one of those off, and then you pick three from that next column. Gotcha. That are all the other options there. Cool. I think that one in the main book is the most complicated setup in terms of like how you build your character out with options. That totally fits Dakota because he likes to play the most complicated things on the planet. That's <laughs> true. Mikey, but, yeah. can I ask you a move question? Yeah, sure. What's up? What are your? I have two of them picked up for jerseys for me. But what are your thoughts on start of mystery moves? Is that something that like gives you a lot to work with, or would it be like more impactful to keep the mystery going without having to like? do spoilers at the head of the episode kind of thing. That is an excellent question. Specifically for the spooky, because the move for the spooky is premonitions and it's, it's fun, but I feel like it would be spoilery. You don't want to impact the creativity of being able to tell the story and do premonitions and stuff. There are a couple ways that we can do this. So there are two ways to do it. One, if we want to, 
if you roll high enough with premonitions, I can ask everyone to deafen and then you'll be the only one to hear it. Or if we want everyone to be included, what I can do is basically enact what I call the dream rule, where you get pieces and you're looking at a fragment of what might happen, but the interpretation is completely up to you. Cool. <laughs> Whereas instead of giving you like what this is actually going to happen, like literally basically like an art piece, you will be given a picture, a still moment or a picture of what is going to happen, but the interpretation of it might be up to you. And of course, I will give additional information as well as a response to how well you roll and things like that. So either or will work and we can drop that in once we get into the actual gameplay of this campaign. Cool. Awesome. Thank you. Okay. I'm going to think about that. Oh, yeah. Yes. I have I have two questions. We got options here. So the first one, it, for practitioner, it says two effects available to you under use magic. What would those like effects be under use magic? So for use magic for the effects. So if you take a look under. Hold on. So what page are you looking at? So I can make sure I'm on the right one. This is just on my my playbook. It's like mm-hmm. one of the options for practitioner. Ah, uh, I see. So practitioner, where are you? I just saw you. Okay. So your practitioner, you can choose two effects available to you under use magic. So take plus one to use magic whenever you choose one of those specific effects. So the way that it works is you get to pick three. You get to pick three with your combat magic. So if you pick practitioner of those three that you pick, if you use those specific one, you will get an additional plus one bonus when you use that type of effect. So for example, let's say you pick fire as one. If you're going to use fire magic and you also take the practitioner move, you are able to get an additional plus one to that role if you were to use that effect. So let's say you pick fire and frost for practitioner. So anytime you use fire or frost magic, you get an additional plus one to the roll when you use magic. Does that make sense? I see. I see. I see. Okay. Yeah. You picked the complicated one. <laughs> I, I did. That's why I got like, questions. So the other question I had is the advanced arcane training. <laughs> Two or three tools and techniques at the ready. You may ignore the third one. What What mean? So if you have two of your three tools and techniques at the ready, you may ignore the third Does that one. Just mean I get rid of one of the other tools and techniques. So like the yep. limiting factors. Okay. Yep. See, I see. Interesting. Oh, for sure. Oh, that means it's like you get to choose which one you ignore, right? At a given time. So if it's like beneficial at the ah, ah. I love when players have that epiphany moment. <laughs> Yeah, same Z's. It's wonderful. I have so many cool options. And I'm, honest, I'm so happy yeah. looking ahead at the level up thing. It's like you can take more things, and I'm like, yo. Question. Because the scientist thing says, literally, the effect is called science. Right. Literally, science. Dad, no! So, yes. Yeah, so, tell mm-hmm. the keeper what you want the device to be capable of. The keeper will pick some of these options, and there's one, two, three five six seven eight different options it needs to it needs some rare or weird components it won't be very reliable it'll take a long time to build requires enormous amount of power requires a successful use magic 
as part of construction. It won't work exactly like you wanted. It'll cost a lot of money, and you'll need some help building it. I feel like some of these will tie into... Because I'm looking at the second page, and it says history. And some of them tie into other hunters. So I'm assuming some of those effects may tie into another hunter on the team, essentially. I'm confused so, how so the, they work. Okay, so the way that science works is let's say that you, for all intents and purposes, as an example, let's say you want to make a flamethrower, right? Yeah. So, because, <laughs> yeah, flamethrower. That's a thing? We can do that? Out loud? Okay, we're going to talk about scientist. that in like 20 minutes. Carry on, go ahead. I mean, I mean, to be fair, like the mad scientist on the team not wanting to build a flamethrower just to have because why do you need a flamethrower? Because why not have a flamethrower kind of situation? Like, Yeah, but the way that it works is let's say if that you want to build a flamethrower. Now me, as the keeper, can pick a minimum of one to however many I feel. So for let's say for the flamethrower... I will say for you and say, okay, I want to build this flamethrower, right? Then me as the keeper will go, okay, so in order to build the flamethrower, here is what you're going to need for it. Your flamethrower is going to need some rare or weird components, and it is going to, you'll need someone to help build it with you. So those are my two outlines. Now, after I listed those two things, as the action scientist, after I listed those two parameters in order for you to make your flamethrower, you can choose one of the other options instead of the two I listed. You may pick one if you want to replace as. So basically, it's like we're compromising. So let's say you agree that the flamethrower will need some rare or weird components. But then let's say, you know what? I don't need help building this, but let's say that it's going to require an enormous amount of power instead. And then if I agree with that, then when you go to build that, those are the two parameters in game that you need to accomplish in order for it to happen, if that makes well, sense. Be for any gadget or weapon I decide to create, <laughs> whether it's for me or somebody else on the team, basically, right? Correct. Whether or not said player can use it, it's a whole other story. Yes. Um, but it's basically, this is what we're going to pull from every single time I want to build something. Flamethrower, a chainsaw sword, whatever comes to mind. Of course. Now, I will <laughs> say, with the science move, there might be a lot of parameters in order to build it, given the concept that you have. So, for example, a flamethrower, as crazy as it is, at its basic design level, it's fundamentally easy for the action scientist to build it. Now, let's say you want to make a port, a porter, a portal gun that allows you to open the fabric of space and time and things like that to transfer. We're, we're going to talk about that too. We're going to talk about the portal gun too. By the way, we're going to do is we're going to pull a fucking. At some point in the game, we're going to pull a Rick and Morty. Got it. So my character is going to be Rick. We need to figure out which one of y'all is going to be Morty. Got it. Now, for something like that, I might add that is like lots of parameters to it. So like. The flamethrower may only require two of those things listed, but the portal gun might require four or five. So the more complicated it is, the more things that is going to be required for you in order to build it. You're still able to substitute one of the options I pick with something else on the list, but you will need in-game to narrate and we will have to figure out if you're able to accomplish it and whatnot. So again... Yeah. The more complicated the idea you have, the more parameters the more that are going to have to be on it. Forward. The yep. other thing is, I have a question about the history thing. Mm -hmm. Do we have to do any of them? So, for each hunter? 
So we'll do history because that happens towards the tail end of character creation. And so every you do have a history with these hunters, because as I said off camera with Monster of the Week, you don't necessarily have to be buddy buddy with everyone, but you all know of each other and you know some people more intimately than others. And it could be good terms, bad terms, crazy ass adventures you had. The history, the point of Monster of the Week, it's less coming together with new people and learning how to work together as a group. And Monster of the Week is designed where you are aware of each other. You may have worked with some of them in the past on different things. So you have an established relationship with them. But the history also works in the sense of how you know them and what kind of terms you are on with them. So that part's going to take the longest because, yeah, because when it comes to the history, you will need to pick one for each hunter. <laughs> I've got dad making comments in the background. So I was going to say, who wants to be best friends with the just buddies? Who wants to be just buddies with the mad scientists? <laughs> and dad goes, I do. So we'll get to the <laughs> part does. and we will fill that in once we get to it. The moves and the history is what tends to take the longest because, yeah. Alrighty. So how do we fit? Do we just choose our gear then ourselves? So with your gear, you will just read what is available. So for the action scientist, for your science weapons, you get to pick two of the following that is listed. So you start off with two of your choice and those are the two. <laughs> so you get to pick the gear yourself. Mm. Alrighty. So now that we've had a little bit of time to go over it, let's see where everyone ended up with. So Dakota, I'm going to start with you because you're the most complicated one. So let's get you out of the way first. <laughs> what? Bear with me. Yeah, let's start with combat magic. So that with your chat. Yeah, so in the chat. So with your combat magic, Dakota, what bases and what effects did you end up going with if you've gone that far? So I hadn't, but we're gonna write the second. We're gonna take missile as a base. And then I'm gonna go ahead and take I'm gonna go ahead and take I'll take fire and necromantic right now. Choice. <laughs> nice. Alrighty. And then, of course, you get the tools and techniques move automatically. And then you get to pick three additional moves. So what three additional moves did you end up picking? Okay, so I'm going to take third eye at the bottom. I'm going to take practitioner. And the two effects will be the two two effects that I chose. And then the other one I took is going to be Arcane Reputation. Ooh, nice. Yeah. And then the tools and techniques that I'm going to cross off is going to be consumables. That's fair. <laughs> so that, uh, yeah, that makes it easier. It's just like, I don't have what I need. Dang it. Yeah, we're just going to get rid of those components, man. We're not doing, <laughs> we're not doing with that. Excellent. All righty. So then that takes care of you, Dakota. So you can go to gear and you can go and pick that for yourself. You're a magic user, but you're allowed to either have a sword or a knife or a revolver. I don't know why. Sometimes, but it's sometimes you just need to stab someone and you never bring a knife to a gunfight. So sometimes you just need to bring a gun to a gunfight. So honestly, you've got to have options. Honestly, that is great. <laughs> All righty. So let's... Well, again, to a gunfight you always bring your gun to a gunfight and then you bring your gun to a fight, and then you win problem solved love it all righty the 
question about the gear. I just need a scalpel. Why? Because in case when the monster gets defeated, they're going to want to put an autopsy on the monster and learns it instant ass. Again, drawing inspiration from Buster Stein. There's that, but also an alien too. Sigourney Weaver's character is just like dealing with aliens. What better way to learn about your enemy than to perform an autopsy? That part too. <laughs> that just got darker real quick. It's like, we can't take the whole body. So what piece do we cut off to take back with us? Just like, just No, but honestly... Again, like, what better way to study? And then also, you're going to need to take some part. Yeah, if it wasn't mentioned before, as fun as this and chaotic as this game is going to be, there is the propensity for it to get dark real quick because you're fighting monsters. And depending on the type of monsters you we, you guys are going to encounter, it's going to tug at a lot of different feelings. So this is going to be a good time. Not only am I getting the verbal comments from Dad in the background from what I'm saying, you guys are also getting stuff in the chat itself. So, like, Dad's just going to be commenting the whole time. Yeah, he's our unofficial Terry commentary, so it's going to be good. He's the unofficial official peanut gallery. Bless you. Thank you. I think I'm coming down with a cold again, so. For the 30 millionth time this year. Thankfully, this is only the second time, but I just had it like a couple weeks ago, but it's going to happen, but it's fine. Alrighty, so Panda, since we're talking about it, let's go with your moves. So for the action scientists, obviously, we discussed it briefly. You get the science move automatically, and then you get to pick two additional moves as well. So what two moves did you end up going with? It shows engineering, because if I have to make a complicated roll on a complicated gadget, I can either choose to dismantle it as I see fit. So if I roll a total of a 10 or more, it's basically fixed or broken however I decide. So, of course, why not go with that? I'm the one that's building all of our shit anyways, so it makes sense to do that. And, and then, of course, in a bind, uh, if you need to break something, that always is also a go-to, too. Shit, we need to I destroy mean, evidence. Case, worst, worst case scenario, my, my character will just be carrying around a random sledgehammer. Why do you have a sledgehammer? Don't ask questions you don't want to know the answer to. That's great. Um, I chose mine to steal. Which puts me at a max plus three of cool. Nice. So we already are at so, max. That's going to be helpful. Trust me. Wait, no, sorry. Plus two. I'm sorry. I'm looking at the wrong one. <laughs> it's I was looking good. at the wrong one. My bad. But yeah, so I figure you mad scientist needs to have cool. But the <laughs> other ones made no sense. I'm like, if I have cool plus one, it just makes more sense for him. And then I can uh, take that and make him cooler. And yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Alrighty, Connor, let's go with you and the spooky. So with the spooky, I love how the book has them in alphabetical order because it makes it so much easier to navigate. So thank you, Evil Hat Productions. <laughs> so for, go for it. Character nickname Connor's character, the living culture guys like that is their like code nickname. Everything just like the living culture guys who we don't know his real name. We just call him the living culture guys. We just randomly okay. throw stuff to see if they can, you know, stop it. Gotta call you Captain Howdy. You're hanging out with Reagan, making her pee on the floor, right? <laughs> oh my gosh! Well, it depends on that direction, but okay. Yeah, it depends on what kind. <laughs> it depends on what kind of spooky Connor is gonna go with, because the psychic and magical energy takes on multiple forms as we see throughout media. But let's go through the moves. So what's interesting is you don't get an automatic set move, but you get to pick three from the list. So what did you end up picking? Two. 
going down in order, I went with the sight, which lets me see invisible, especially spirits and magical influences. And since we seem to be having a very magical group, I thought that would be good, which gives me extra opportunities for investigating a mystery which could be very helpful. I also took premonitions after what we talked about. I really am a big fan of the start of the mystery moves because they are a lot of fun and can help guide things along. And that one's really fun because it lets me roll with plus weird, which I love me rolling with some plus weird. And then I was a little torn between the big whammy or jinx, but since we have been talking about poltergeist behavior, I went with jinx which allows me to roll with weird, and then I have a special list of things that I can do, and if I fail, then Mikey, as the keeper, gets to take those against me in a nice little gambling move. I like that kind of interesting stuff. Yeah. Oh, that's so beautiful. Yeah, be... What I love about this game is that there's equal opportunity for players to be awesome. But then also when failures happen, it's just as equally awesome to see how they fail as well. (laughs) Yep. It's amazing. It's fun. It's amazing. All righty. That just leaves you, John. So with the chosen, with your move, you automatically get two. You get Destiny's plaything, And I'm here for a reason. So those are fun. And then you get to pick one more from the list. So which move did you end up picking for the chosen? Pick the thing, which I'm pretty sure is going to lead to lots of comedy at some point. It's called the big entrance. When you make a showy entrance into a dangerous situation, roll on cool, which I up the cool anyway. And on a 10 and up, everybody stops to watch and listen until I finish my opening speech. So I get to make a quick little speech or some cool bitch in dialogue. On a 7 or 9, I, <laughs> I pick one person or a monster to stop, watch, and listen until I finish talking. On a miss, I'm marked as the biggest threat by all the enemies who are present. What I'm hearing is this marks you as the unofficial leader of our group based on that aspect alone. It's just like, I'm the leader, but I'm not officially the leader. So, you know, this will be fun. Now, here's this is the two sides of me. On one hand, I was like, that's probably not the best idea, because then if things go sideways, it might be bad. But from a comedic standpoint, that is having this character as the yeah. leader is going to lead to some amazing things. I didn't, I didn't have an idea. I'm giving away the ghost a little bit, but I'm going to say this. I didn't have an idea of a character in mind, but as I'm slowly picking and playing and looking at stuff, I know exactly who this character is. I'm not going to say who it is. I've accidentally I, I built a character in my subconscious that is, is my hero in real life. So I'm picking that one because that's going to be cool. And I'm also picking Invincible. You always count as having two armor. This doesn't stack with other protection because i have a feeling if i roll bad and i has to run away after talking a lot of a shit i'm going to have to not die that is true here's the bad news though (laughs) oh no what i do with the chosen because destiny's plaything and i'm here for a reason are automatically given to you and you can only pick one else so you can either have oh i'm sorry then i want the big entrance i'm sorry yes (laughs) i fucked that up but the cool thing is that there's a potential when you level up you can once you level up enough you can grab additional moves as well so it's not if you don't pick them at the beginning they're gone forever because honestly leveling up in monster of the week is relatively really easy to do the two ways you will find out of how you level up is you mark experience when you fail 
overall. And then at the end of each session, there's a series of questions that we will go through together. And if you answer yes or to a couple of them, you can also everybody marks experience as well based on those questions. So look. You're not going to be staying underpowered for the whole entire time. <laughs> anyone, anyone out there who's played the Chosen, why would you choose anything else? The big entrance is obviously the best thing on here. <laughs> like that's the best plot point. Talk a bunch of shit, fuck around, and find out. Sorry, I keep getting us demonetized. Oh. We're like an hour <laughs> in, so we're fine. <laughs> the algorithm we're doesn't good. watch this far. It's okay. Oh, there's a talk you... about that with new YouTube guidelines, but <laughs> we'll talk about that in a little bit oh, afterwards. <laughs> I just have a thing to share. Dad oh, just gave me a name for the character. You guys oh, are no. Gonna... What for, who? What for you? <laughs> yes. For my I'm... character. Oh, good. So oh, my... boy. Lay it on us. Dr. Cameron, Brooker, Wissenschaftler. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Of course he would. Of course he would come up with that. That's mm, okay. Which is literally Dr. Cameron, Mad Space. It's ridiculous. Alrighty. But it's what it works going for. It was really long name, just like Oh my goodness. Alrighty. We have gone through moves. We're gonna take a quick break real right here. So during this break, get some water, go to the restroom. And if you haven't already, you can pick your gear as well. And we can get that later because then when we come back for break, we're going to finish out character creation for now by establishing history between the hunters. So that's going to be very interesting. Are we, are we not talking gear? We're not going to talk gear? We can when we come back from break. So, you, But over the break, you can pick your gear and then we can quickly go through it because history between characters is going to take a bit because y'all have, have to pick I just have a gear question and i want to see if you'll let me get away with it that's all that's all okay really quick what is your gear question no i'm gonna wait till after the break and do the whole tease and listen to this podcast thing i'm not gonna i'm not gonna give it away <laughs> all righty so uh, we will be we will be right back so stay tuned for the gear question and establishing history so don't go nowhere this has been a Vibe Tribe production. Remember, take care of each other, love one another, and as always, keep those good times rolling. We'll see you next time.